From best of San Francisco DDTV, The Pink Chill, and DD LaFrag. Hey, I've only lived in San Francisco for 30-something years. What do I know about it? San. Liberals? Mm. They're sadistic progressives. Francisco. This city is Junkies Incorporated. It's the Junkie Apocalypse. Damn. This ain't your phony soy boy San Francisco. This is the San Francisco Dam Zone. San Francisco Dam is a solo psychodramatic performance art storytelling podcasting platform. Hey everybody, this is San Francisco Dam. I'm your host, Dee Dee LaFrac. This is your podcast for Monday, April 15th. And I like to say that I do understand that Apple iTunes has been abbreviating some of these San Francisco Dam podcasts. So at the end of this podcast, which all San Francisco Dams are under 15 minutes, there'll be some silence because I listened to the Gary Newman. I met Gary Newman at the Fillmore podcast before this one, and it got cut off. Darn. And what I was saying at the end of that podcast, since Apple abbreviated it, I said, Gary Newman, I love you. (laughs) Now, everybody, we experienced Easter here in San Francisco. It was a different Easter. There wasn't all of the beautiful street fairs and events that we usually happen. This is a great city for events. We have like the hunky Jesus. Yeah, you heard that right. Hunky Jesus in Dolores Park. As you can imagine, uh, half naked dudes dressed like Jesus, a park full of people in wonderful San Francisco costumes. That didn't happen. Uh, Various parties, parades. The city is basically sort of gray from the majority of the people who are on the street, which are the enabled street junkies. What? I'm not gaslighting this situation. The lunatics have taken over the asylum people. And I live downtown San Francisco, so really, I'm like in the war zone. In fact, that's what a friend in Florida said. She says, sounds like you live in the war zone, which is why, you know, I'm putting my feelers out. I know it'll take a couple years, but it's going to be time for me to move on from San Francisco because, damn, the whack progressive politics have enabled too much. So we had a beautiful Easter regardless. It was like a gray Dashiell Hammett. Do you guys know Dashiell Hammett? Uh, Dashiell Hammett was this detective mystery writer. And he wrote a lot of stories based in San Francisco. And it was like a Dashiell Hammett gray weekend. Right now, on Monday, it's sunny. Saturday, I went out to uh, buy some Easter provisions. I walked by one Walgreens. They're making people stand in line, which is good. And it also means that the coddled junkies can't just barge in there and steal whatever they want because the progressives have this dumb law where you or anyone, and they do, you can steal up to $950 and you don't get arrested. You might get a fine. Most of the time, the police don't come unless they're fighting or causing a ruckus. So one Walgreens, they had them in line. That was great. And I walked down Van Ness, which is, Van Ness is like a boulevard, and it's under construction. So it sort of looked like a dystopian movie set to me. Very dystopian. 
wonderful for my favorite Gary Newman music. And I went by Walgreens on Van Ness at Market. Now, this is a major thoroughfare. And it's also a little mini tech city. There is Twitter, one block down, two blocks down on 10th at Market. And then one block down at Market at 11th is Square. You know Square. Uber. You know Uber, the ride share. So many tech companies, over 500 in San Francisco. I'm just painting the picture. They had a big sign on the Walgreens that said, Hey, people, guess what? No more backpacks in the store. Because so many stores have lost so much money by the coddled, protected, homeless junkies. I don't even like calling them homeless. I call them street junkies. Um, The word is out all over America. You want to be a junkie and live in a lawless town? Come out to San Francisco, and they do. They know they can't afford rent. They know they can't afford to stay at a hotel. It's not that they got priced out. They can't afford it in the first place. And they know that they can pitch a tent and be allowed to live on the street. They know this. Everybody in America knows it. Like I said before, the president rightly called San Francisco a dump. The UN called San Francisco a third world city. I'm painting the picture of Saturday before Easter. And this is your podcast for April 13th. I'm painting the picture. I'm five minutes into this and we've only got about 10 more minutes. All podcasts are under 15 minutes. So I cross the street and go to a UPS store to take care of some business there. There's a line around the block. They only let one or two people in the store at a time. This is sexist, womanist, bohemian excellence. It's the San Francisco Dam Zone with Dee Dee LaFrac. Thank you for listening to San Francisco Dam with Dee Dee LaFrac. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Anchor App, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are found. Employees are protected by plexiglass. They're very nice people there. Excellent customer service. I like them a lot. In the line, we're there practicing social distancing. Up comes the coddled junkies. And they, they, you know, for some reason, they come right to me. And I know that I know why that is. Junkies and and beggars always go to black women because they know that a lot of black women are suckers. A lot of black women are quote mammies unquote. A mammy. Do you remember the movie Gone with the Wind? And there was the maid mammy, the obese worrywart, who was a codependent for the narcissistic Miss Scarlet. So whenever beggars are around, they laser right on black women because a lot of black women are, you know, religious, believe in God. A lot of black women are total enablers to toxic people, places, and things. I'm, I'm a black woman, so I can be objective about this. And the junkie, one junkie female, white junkie female came up to me and I, you know, she breached my social distancing. I said, please step away. Um, and then she asked for money and I said, I do not enable junkies. Then I turned up Gary Newman. Perfect. Gary Newman is perfect for a dystopian San Francisco. I was listening to Gary Newman's album called Dance. I highly recommend it. It's very moody. Very, It's a, very, a real chill vibe. And she started to insult me, and I just turned the music up. She walked away. Nobody enabled her with a penny. Good. She needs to hit bottom. 
Um, because the more money you give a junkie, why should they leave? Why should they try to break their condition? Because they know it's just like a pigeon. A pigeon is going nowhere because they know they're going to get white bread. Somebody's going to throw them a slice of Wonder Bread. Then another junkie comes while I'm in line. I'm in line about, I don't know, 30 minutes to get into the UPS store. Then a male junkie who looked like he had tuberculosis, he comes and tries to, he he did breach my uh, six feet of social distancing, so I had to raise my voice and say, please step away from me. Step away. And uh, he started to say something. I turned up my Gary Newman, so I could not hear him. But I'm, I'm ready for these vagrants. I have personal protection, legal personal protection. So my, um, everything went well in the UPS store. So I walked down Market to 10th, right at the corner of Twitter. I made a right turn, of, took 10th Street all the way down to Costco, which is Costco is at 10th. And I think that's Harrison, between Harrison and Bryant. At Costco, the line, I was on, in another line. This is very like Soviet Russia. <laughs> I was in a line it curled down into the garage. I don't even know how long I was in the line, but it was quite some time. Uh, people respected social distancing. Costco did not allow the beggars to breach the security of the building, so we were not bothered by the coddled junkies got into the store, uh, you know, they were missing some items, but thankfully, I have what I need. I was just picking up some Easter things, like flowers. Costco does have beautiful blossoms uh, and other things, and I could have walked, and I'm like, nah, it's too many junkies on the street. I could have walked home. I could have jumped on a quick bus ride. I said, no, too many junkies on the bus. Really, the lunatics have taken over the asylum. Imagine a deserted house where all the bugs are coming out. That is what I analogize San Francisco like. A family goes on vacation and all the bugs come out. The bugs that were in the kitchen are all around the house. That's San Francisco now. And by the way, I live downtown, which is the crime containment epicenter. But the vagrants like a virus are spreading all over San Francisco, which I knew would happen. So long story short, I ordered a Lyft, which is spelled L-Y-F-T. Most of you know that. I don't do Uber for personal reasons, and I decide how I use my funds, and I don't let anybody gaslight me. I have to keep saying that, because whenever women tell their story, if it's a story that makes other people feel uncomfortable. Somebody is always going to try to come and gaslight you or have you doubt your own experiences. So I, this nice guy comes, helps me with my packages. He calls me by my name. I love when people call me by my name. He's like, hey, D, how are you doing today? It's real gung-ho. And long story short, I find out this guy's eating oranges to keep his strength up because he's making less money Because we have a shelter in place in San Francisco and all the zillions of techies are not catching cars. They're not ordering lifts. They are sheltering in place. Okay? And so long story short, he tells me he and his wife are struggling to feed their three children. He was very pleasant about it. And I told him, yeah, I know about food insecurity. After my parents divorced, my father chose 
not to pay any alimony. And we were raised on welfare. I am not embarrassed to say that. I know some of my family, they don't like when I say that, but that's my reality. I know what being poor is like, and I know the feeling of food insecurity. I know what it feels like to be a child when your first meal of the day is lunchtime at school. That's something that will never go away. And he was telling me the story as his car smelled of oranges and I could see some orange peels in the front seat. And I said, I'm going to give you a tip. So I gave him a $20 tip. And he says, oh my goodness, thank you so much. And I thought about it. I had $90 in my wallet. And I said, okay, give me that bill back. He gave me the 20 back. I gave him a 50. And he was just like, oh my goodness. He says, I've been driving this car seven years and this has never happened to me. And I looked at that money that was left in my wallet. I'm like, I'm not going anywhere this week. I'm not going to any parties. And whatever I was going to use that money for can wait until next week, the week after that, or next month. So I gave that guy the other $40. I gave him total a $90 tip. I couldn't bear the thought that he is working so hard. He's got a wife. He's got three little children. And I saw a photo. He showed me at the stoplight when it was red. They had the little masks on. They looked well cared for. You can tell when children are being loved. And this guy is doing the right thing. Broke my heart. I couldn't imagine children being hungry. Well, I could because I was one. And that's something that never goes away. So that's my story of how I gave someone a $90 tip. And trust me, darlings, I've been at some fancy pants places from Hawaii to London. I've stayed in celebrity hotels. I've met celebrities. I've sat cheek to jowl with celebrities. That's the biggest tip I've ever given in my life. And I pass a lot of people on the streets. Whenever I leave my house now, there's somebody begging. I don't give beggars in San Francisco a penny. The majority of them are con artists, drunkies. Again, I won't be gaslit. That's my experience from living downtown in San Francisco for many years. I would rather give a hardworking dad $90 than a junkie nine pennies. I decide who I advocate for and who I enable. Now, people who are listening to that, you know, they have that knee-jerk liberalism. Oh, my gosh. Well, they're just, they're just trying to get by. No, they're not. They need to hit rock bottom. If you keep giving junkies money, they're just going to keep staying on the street. So, no, thank you. I am Dee Dee LaFrac. I trust my vibes. This is San Francisco. Damn. And it's going to run a little bit because I have learned that iTunes has been abbreviating my podcast, the last podcast, Gary Newman and me at the Fillmore got cut off. And by the way, it got caught off and what I was going to say is Gary Newman, I love you. <laughs> Again, I trust my vibes. San Francisco, damn. San Francisco Damn Daily Truth Bombs. No namby-pamby permission necessary. That's today's episode of the San Francisco Damn Podcast with sexist womanist bohemian Didi LaFrac. 
Remember to join us tomorrow for another episode. This podcast is brought to you by our sponsors. Head over to SanFranciscoDam.com for more sponsorship information. Thank you for subscribing and listening.